Praise the Lord, everyone. You can be seated. I too would like to say it's good to have each and every one here tonight. It's good to have Meemaw in the house. Hallelujah. It's good to see her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. I tell her quite often that she needs to carry band-aids with her. Because she dresses so sharp, she's going to cut somebody. Sure good to have her tonight. Been missing her. Hallelujah. And it's good to see each and every one here too tonight. Thank you, Jesus. This ain't my message, but I just won't say it anyhow. With everyone knows what went on last Sunday, Super Bowl, and the Chiefs won. And I don't know about your workplace, but at my workplace, I'd hear them talking a lot about, you going to wear your Chiefs gear? You going to wear your Chiefs gear? And they, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to wear my Chiefs gear. I just got thinking about that, and I said, you know what? Holiness is my gear. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't wear what I wear because somebody told me. I wear what I wear because I love Him. And I want what I wear to ID with Him. I don't want there to be any mistaken. So holiness is my gear. Because he's been too good to me. He's been way too good to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, want to talk to you tonight about our purpose. Our purpose. Hallelujah. How many of you here tonight in the house have you ever taught a Bible study? Raise your hand. Quite a few. How many here in the house would like to teach a Bible study, but you haven't. Raise your hand. How many of you, those that would like to and have it, are afraid to? Be honest. Well, you know what? Everyone that raised their hand that have already taught one was afraid too. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you, I got a, some scripture for you, and and Brother Goff, you 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 did all, but well, you did. You, you 
pretty much just said what I was going to say tonight right down to the scripture I was going to use. No, it ain't happening. (laughs) But if you would, turn with me tonight to Exodus 31, beginning at verse 1. Again, thank you, everybody, for being here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Missing Pastor and Sister Regan. Hallelujah. Let's continue to remember them in prayer. God, bring them home safely. Keep and protect them. Hallelujah. Exodus, beginning at verse 1, said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezeel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and of all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. And behold, I have given with him Ohilab, the son of Ameshemek, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may, take, that they may make all that I have commanded thee. The tabernacle of the congregation, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tabernacle. And the table and his furniture and the pure candlestick with all his furniture and the altar of incense. And the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture and the laver and his foot. And of the clothes of service and the holy garments for Aaron and the priests and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. And the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place according to all that I have commanded thee shall they do. Again, I just want to talk to you tonight about our purpose, our purpose. Let's all pray. Lord, we thank you for meeting us here tonight. Dear God, I'm asking you that you would come down in this place, that you would anoint me and use me and help me tonight, God. Help me to step out of the way and let your will be done in this service tonight, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to equip us and help us to be effective for you in this hour. Oh, God, we love you. We give you the praise. Give you the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. I read to you tonight in Exodus chapter 31 about some men that made the articles and the pieces of furniture for the tabernacle. And I don't read this account that I don't sit back and think, how in the world did they do it? I mean, it'd be one thing to have to make these things that they're talking about there in today's society with the tools that we have and the abilities that we have and the resources that we have. I mean, even at that, it would be a chore. It really would. But I think about that, and I think about the tabernacle and, and how monumental that was. But the Lord came down and He picked some men and He gave them wisdom and understanding and knowledge in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and silver and brass, and in the cutting of stones and to set them, and the carving of the timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. God supplied what they needed to fulfill the purpose. 
I asked you earlier tonight how many of you have wanted to teach a Bible study, but you hadn't. You raised your hand. I come here tonight to tell you that all you got to do is ask him, and he'll give you what you need to teach a Bible study. Don't let fear keep you from fulfilling that purpose that you have in your life. You see, God has supplied us with his power to do his work. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth, you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you to become witnesses. Witnesses. I remember a time when I got it, when I very first got into church. I hadn't been in church very long at all. I think it, I don't think I had been in church a month yet. And I was working there at the restaurant, and was getting our, a load of produce delivered. And me and the produce delivery driver were getting in a discussion about God, and he was Trinitarian. And here I am, I haven't even been in church a month yet. And he's starting to lay out some stuff at me. And out of the clear blue, I get Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4, 5, and 6. And I quoted it. And I'm standing there in the restaurant going, that's pretty good. I don't know where that came from, but it was pretty good. And man, that old produce driver, he got mad at me and got all bowed up. And I, to be honest with you, I don't even know what he said because I was still sitting there going, that's pretty good. But you see, that taught me a lesson. That experience taught me a lesson, Sister Hilton. Let me to know that if I'll just do what he says to do, he'll take care of the rest. You see, when God asks you to do something, He doesn't just throw you out there and expect you to just flounder your way around it. No, He's already prepared what you need to get the job done. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do... How many? I can do all things through Brother Goff who will strengthen me. Whoa, hold on a minute. I can do all things through Pastor... Who strengthen me. No. I can do all things through Christ. You see, so often, and this isn't a bash, this isn't a, a, a rack across the knuckles or anything, but so often, like you said today, brother, we think pastor is the one that needs to do it. We think pastor's the one that's got to teach the Bible studies, and we got to think pastor's the one that's got to witness, and we got to think pastor's the one that's got to reach out to lost souls. And that's not the way it should be. You see, this Philippians 4 and 13 isn't just for pastor. It's for you too. Again, I want to encourage you that raised your hands and said you wanted to teach a Bible study, but you never had. And you were honest and you raised your hand and you said that you're fearful in doing that. Can I tell you that you can do all things through Him? And He'll give you strength. 
That Hebrew definition of strengthen is to empower, to enable, increase in strength, be made strong. He will equip you to fulfill that purpose. You can do all things through Christ. You know, it's those times when we get our hands in the mix that we mess things up. It's when we try to do the things of God by carnal means that we end up making a mess of things, unfortunately. But we've got to remember that we got a God that is able. And we also got to remember that we got a God that will forgive. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just stop right there a minute. I want you to close your eyes. Hallelujah. And just begin to magnify Him a minute. God, we love You. Hallelujah. Thank You for Your forgiveness, Lord. Thank You for Your mercy, God. We love You. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Here's of late, pastor's begun to cast his vision for the church. You were getting on that again this morning. Would you just stay out of my notes? <laughs> Casting his vision for the church. And I don't know if any of you else are feeling it, but I'm feeling a change. Change that's happening. There is an avenue of the Holy Ghost that's being opened up that I hadn't personally felt for myself in quite a long time. You see, because old John Boy up here had been focusing on the problem instead of the purpose. I'll just be honest with you. I was one of those that was focusing on what's wrong instead of. Who can make it right? I'm just being honest. And it got to the place to where that was my focus. Day after day, week after week, month after month. Oh yeah, I'd come to church. I'd do my part. I'd lead service when it was my time. I would do all those things. But still, I was lacking that element of my purpose because I was focusing on that stinking problem. I think about the story of Joseph and what he went through. And I've been, I've been reading about him, just that account, time and time again, and it, it does something to me to just put, try to put myself in his shoes, Brother Goff. Here, this man, he goes and he tells his brothers a, a dream he had. Now, granted, his brothers already hated him, but that's what brothers do. It's what siblings do sometimes. But it got to the place to where they ended up, you know the story, how they sold him, and he ended up in Potiphar's house. I I stopped and thought about it. How dim, how hard was it to see the dream? How hard was it to see the purpose? How hard was it for him during those times? The misunderstanding. I mean, that's personal, man. That's family. 
family sold you. And here you are in Potiphar's house. And you don't know what's going to happen for sure. But you know the account. God blessed him and promoted him. But then something else happened and he ends up back in prison. And there we go again. And I thought to myself, after I thought about it, you know, that whole account wasn't so much for Joseph as it was for his brothers. Because if Joseph hadn't been where he was, he wouldn't have been in a position to provide a means for them to have food. Joseph could have got frustrated and threw up his hands and said, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm not putting up with this no more. He could have been focused on the problem instead of the purpose. But somehow, somehow, he held on. To well, when he, he finally, his brothers came to get food and he recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. And the Bible says that he went and wept. The purpose. The purpose. And here we are tonight. with our purpose. You see, he's wanting to do a work, but we got to step out of our comfort zone. Got to step out of our comfort zone and let God use us. You see, it's so easy when we get focused on the problem. It's like a security blanket almost. It's an excuse. I can't do that because that problem. I can't hand out church cards because that problem. Once that problem's taken care of, I'll hand out church cards. Can I tell you tonight, you're always going to have problems. Yeah, as long as you go to church with me, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> Sorry. But as long as you're around people, you're going to have problems. We've got, we got our own personalities. We've got our own ways of doing things. We've got our own ways of saying some stuff. And sometimes it rubs us the wrong way. And if we're not careful, we'll allow that to fester to the place to where we're not effective for the kingdom of God no more because of the problem. But in the back shadows, there's still the purpose going, remember me. Remember me. Webster's defines purpose as the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. You know, you'll never truly be happy until you're working for God. I'll say it again. You're not going to be happy unless you're working for God. And I, can I tell you another little secret? You won't tell nobody, will you? If you're working for God, it's harder to see the problem. Because you're focusing in on the field that's white and ready for the harvest instead of the problem. Instead of the problem. You see, God did not save me to be an estimator at damage control. But He saved me to be a witness and help others find their way home. See, I can, I can relate with the other side of that equation of 
of the one outside of the ark of safety, so to speak. Because I didn't grow up in church. I can ID with those that are outside there and understand a little bit about what they're about. And I can remember times that I would be witnessed to by people there in the church that would frustrate me and make me mad. And I would act hateful to them. But they didn't see the nights I'd go home and be there all by myself and contemplate the condition of my soul and ask God not to come back. You can't get caught up with the exterior of those that you would happen to talk to. But we have a purpose, people. We have a purpose. Isaiah 43, verses 15 through 19. In the New Living Translation, I want to read this for you. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Verse 18 says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. That's what I'm feeling in this church. I'm feeling that new thing. I'm feeling that that river in a dry wasteland. See, that's where I was, Brother Hilton. I was in that dry wasteland when I was focusing on my problem. I was fooling myself thinking that eventually, someday, that problem was going to go away. It ain't going to go away, Brother Albritton. But the mercy of God came down and began to deal with me and he began to move upon me and say, you got to let that problem go and get your eye back on the purpose. Can we just lift our hands to Him again in this house here tonight? There's a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, help us tonight, Jesus. Help us tonight, God. Oh Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> oh God, that's it church, that's it. Let him minister to you. Let him talk to you here a minute before we go on. Oh God, help us get our eyes back on the purpose. On the purpose, God, on the purpose. Oh, God, help us.
When the Lord began to deal with me about making that switch in my thinking, He began to bring to my remembrance times when I remembered the purpose. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share a couple of them with you tonight. I remember a time I was working at a steel plant in Seymour, Missouri on the welding line. A young man came to work one day. His name was Scott Cornelson. He was a good-looking young man. And everybody in the shop began to talk about how Scott was a partier and carouser and began to say all of those types of things and how Scott was just kind of almost hateful. But you see, the Lord began to deal with me about Scott. And I didn't, I didn't let those things get to me. And I started to talk to Scott. And at first, he was pretty gruff. But as time went on, we just kept talking to one another. Until one day, Brother Hilton, we were on the welding line together. And we had uh, robots that would weld the, the truck parts for us. And it was our responsibility to load the new part into the unit while the other part was being welded and it would spin around and the robot would weld that one. We'd take that one off, check it, make sure the welds were right, put it on the line and it would take it on down. And I happened to be working right next to Scott. And you know how God works? We got to talking about him. And I got to sharing my testimony with him about how God delivered me from alcohol and drugs. And how he forgave me for my sins and the things that he'd done for me and filled me with the Holy Ghost and changed my life. And I can still remember him looking at me and he was thinking, you're telling me a lie. About then his robot crashed. And he had to go take care of it. So I'm sitting out there waiting for him to come back so we can resume our talk. He comes back, and in, the, in that particular area, Brother Goff, we had to wear safety glasses, but they were colored green because of the flash that was going on. So it really wasn't real easy to see the eye. But old Scott come walking up to him, and he walked right up to my unit and looked me right in the eye, and I could see a tear going down his face. And Sister Hilton, he asked me, he said, you think he, do you think he'd forgive me? purpose talking about purpose you see it it didn't just start that day it started in prayer before that day when I would talk to God about Scott tears would begin well up in my eyes and I begin to cry and weep for Scott And can I tell you, the young man came to church, him and his wife, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Talking about purpose, church. As I'm talking about purpose, can you see how dim the problem becomes? Problem ain't that big. Problem ain't worth your time. Remember another account? I was teaching the Acts program in the state prison there in Fordland, Missouri. A 
and it was a hassle just to get in there. And the chaplain of the prison, as it started out, didn't really like us. Well, you think I'm going to get my chalk and marbles and go home? No, I'm not. You just keep on not liking us. And we started having those services in there and the, and the teaching. And you see, we had to present something like a teaching tool. And then once we taught that, then we could have preaching. So <clears throat> we would do the Acts program. It, it, it's divided. I don't know how, if you're all familiar with it, but it, it deals with the different drugs that that are available and that people take and it explains what's in them and what it does and how it destroys your body and all of these types of things. And I can remember when we first started out, we'd have maybe 10 or 12 guys and we could have 40. But we kept having it. And before we knew, the place was packed and the men were lined up outside that building wanting to get in. Because see, they began to tell each other once they got done with the Acts program about what they were feeling when they would go to that class. And I remember one day in particular we were having that class. Got done explaining about the drug and began to start, uh, I began to start preaching about the Holy Ghost. And there was a man on the front row And you could tell by looking at him, he was not interested one iota at what I had to say. And so I just stopped and walked up to him. I said, hey, man, how are you? He said, oh, man, I'm okay. I'm just in here killing time. It's like killing time. Yep, because tomorrow I'm out of here. I just need something to do. Not interested, just here hanging out. I said, well, it's good to have you. I began to preach about the Holy Ghost, and here he came again. God come down. It started moving on those inmates, Brother Hilton. And before you know it, tears are beginning to well down their face, and their hands are starting to go up, and I'm watching this man. I'm not interested in killing time. His eyes start getting bigger in a saucer. And all of a sudden, before I know it, that man has his eyes closed and his hands raised and he's speaking in tongues. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about purpose. Forget about the problem. If I'd have gone to that prison and let them get me all upset about the fact that they don't like me and go, where would that man be? Before I left there, we had baptized eight inmates in Jesus' name. And I believe 12 got the Holy Ghost. And I heard through the grapevine that one of those men that got the Holy Ghost is now preaching somewhere in northern Missouri, talking about purpose, church. I said, I'm talking about purpose. I'm looking in the eyes of some people. You need to get your eyes on the purpose. 
Get your eyes off that problem. It's just a smokescreen, man. It's hindering what God's wanting to do. See, you've got to understand there's still lost people out there. Last time I checked, I've got coworkers that ain't saved. I've got family members that ain't saved. I've got a work to do. You've got a work to do. Looking forward to the days that these altars are full. Of sinners. And backsliders. Looking forward to the day that people are lined up to get baptized in Jesus' name. Because they received the Holy Ghost or they got a revelation or they understand they need it. And to see them come out of the water, Brother Hilton, with their hands raised and they begin to speak in tongues. I'm talking about purpose. I'm talking about purpose. See, I'm looking for the day where I see broken homes put back together. Daddies and mamas raising their hands to testify we were this close to getting divorced, but God came down and put our home back together and the little children looking up going, yeah, daddy. Talking about purpose. Hungry for the day when that bus, Brother Johnson, is full. Little rugrats, ankle biters, problems. Kool-Aid, crunchy. I'm hungry to see those little kids. Oh, God. Go in down in that Sunday school room and the Holy Ghost fall and those kids get the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about purpose. And little Jimmy, little Susie got the Holy Ghost and take it home to mama and daddy. And they see a change in little Billy and little Susie. Say, man, what happened to you? What's going on? It's that church, daddy. Well, I need to go find out what that's about. And they come in and God fills them with the Holy Ghost talking about purpose. Get your eyes off the Get your eyes off the problem. Heard an account from a, a pastor that had a bus, bus route. He said they would bring the kids upstairs for the latter part of the service. And he said several of the kids would fall asleep during the service and it made him mad. So he went to the Sunday school superintendent and says, hey, you do something about those kids falling asleep. And the Sunday school super, can I share what he said? He said, Pastor, he said, this is the only place they feel secure. 
so they can relax to the place they can go to sleep. Talking about purpose. I'm looking in the eyes of some young people sitting here today. Purpose is for you too. Because there are young children that you no doubt come into contact with that need this truth. Talking about purpose. You can come to the music. Talking about purpose. Oh, one more time. Lift your hands to the Lord. God's speaking to us right now. He's dealing with us. Get your eyes. Get your eyes off the problem, people. Get your eyes off that problem. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. Can you hear? Can you hear the cries of the lost right now that are out there? Can you hear it? Little Billy's hiding behind the couch because daddy's drinking again. Talking about purpose. <laughs> and I sit over here sucking my thumb going, oh, you don't know how I've been done wrong. Shut up. Get your eyes on the purpose. a nephew in Wichita, Kansas. His mama was an alcoholic. My sister-in-law, my ex-sister-in-law. And Nick would go to school. He was in high school. He'd come home and go straight to his room and close the door, Brother Goff, and he would never come out because he didn't know what shape Mama was going to be in. His companion was his cat. That's just a couple of stories of What's out there, church? You see, when we start implementing pastor's vision for the church, there's going to be opportunities presented to go and knock some doors. taking up my Saturday. And you don't know that person behind that door may have just been thinking I'm going in that bedroom. I'm getting that pistol out and I'm ending this thing. I'm done. You just happened to purpose. You 
See, I can hear them. I can hear the cries of those that are lost. And I can, I can hear it, Sister God. Went to a fast food place this, this week. Walked in there. place was deserted, man. It's like Brother Golf again, getting in my notes. I never go inside. I always go through the drive-thru. I always go through the drive-thru. But that day I went inside, Sister Golf. Walked up to the counter and there was a young man behind the counter who rang me up. And the Holy Ghost began to deal with me. He said, stop and look at this young man. So I started really looking at him, sis. He had tattoos on his finger. Guy was maybe, maybe, maybe 18. His face was all pale and his hair was all dull. And I could tell, I know, I know the signs of drug use. But something about him, Brother Hilton, as I'm looking at that boy in the face, the Holy Ghost was telling me he's trying he's trying you know I could have been all caught up into myself but I remembered the purpose grabbed my food went sit down the Holy Ghost started telling me young man has been involved in some things but he's trying to get out he's trying to get out and he don't know how so I'm just what you want me to do just give the boy a tip and telling him and tell him you're going the right direction. Keep going. Church card? No. Invite him to church? No. Give him a tip. And tell him you're going the right direction. Keep going. He said, all right. So I got up and you know how we do. We really, God, is this really you? God, you know, oh, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to make a fool of myself. Or am I the only one that does that? I grab my wallet, got my cash out of my wallet. I walk up to the counter. The young man gets up there. He says, you need something else, sir? I said, nope. I handed him the money. He said, this is for you. For me? This is for you. He looks me in the eye said you're going the right direction keep going brother he just and I felt the Holy Ghost sister Goff talking about purpose church talking about purpose let's all stand
You see, church, it don't take a rocket scientist to see the handwriting on the wall in our world today. He's coming back soon. And if we're going to do something, we better get at it. Because you see, our purpose is to help others make heaven too. Revelation chapter 7, I won't read you this passage. Beginning at verse 9. It says, After this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, Thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Talking about purpose. Talking about purpose. I have one question and then these altars are open. When you arrive in heaven, I wonder if Jesus might say, because of you, others are here today. Want to meet them? Talking about purpose. These altars are open. If you've got a shoulder full of problems, that's way, oh God. If you've got a shoulder full of problems that's weighing you down, I'm going to invite you to come up here and unload those problems and let the purpose get focused in your heart and your mind. That's it, church. Talking about purpose. Talking about purpose. Oh, God, oh.